Welcome back to the V3 Golf Guys podcast. All right, we're back, and we have got a great show for you this evening. We've got some results. We're going to talk a lot about the big big event in the men's side at the Tartan this week. The women's side, a little less exciting this week because we just had everybody at the NCAA preview, and everyone is gearing up for big, big tournament in Sandestin, Florida, the golf week next week, which we will do a live show from remote locations. We will do a live show Saturday night after the practice round, before the first round of the tournament. We'll do our picks there. We're going to preview the tournament. We're going to go through the whole thing. It'll be men and women at the same time. So I am very excited about that. Quinn, wish me luck to figuring out how to do the live show and get it online. Uh, we're going to get it figured out, and it's going to be a fantastic thing. And I think uh, I hope a lot of teams watch it, and I hope uh, we make the right picks. Yeah, well, and we will uh, we will do our best to have a uh, the feed so that you can join in and uh, hit us up and ask questions while we're on the live feed for the live show. So we will try our best to monitor that. But speaking of picking things correctly, uh, let's start with the women's side of the sport this evening, mm. where there's a little little tournament that went on to decide who is going to go to the national championship tournament as an automatic qualifier up in Minnesota. And once again, Quinn has selected correctly. St. Kate's is a clear runaway winner. Uh, Quinn had St. Kate's, Carlton, Bethel. It was St. Kate's, Carlton, Bethel. So, Mr. Quinn, congratulations once again, dominating in the women's game as always. You know, just uh, whenever you want me to teach you, I'll let you know. That's right. Well, hopefully you're going to continue to teach the audience here for our podcast of Division Three golfers. But uh, great tournament here. And realistically, it really looked like Carlton had a really bad first day. Otherwise, they're right there in it. I mean, it was very close the other two days. The first day looked like it just cost Carlton the chance to actually compete in it. Now, that being said, St. Kate's won by 27 shots. Uh, 23 of them came on the first day. Tough, t- tough to have to deal with that on the first day. No, exactly, and I and like I said, I you know St. Kane's has played really, really good all year, and I think that they just uh, they're a very, very good team, and and they just really wanted it. You know, they've you know, been uh, you know unfortunately getting beat by Carlton the past few years. Uh, Carlton's had a very fantastic program over the past you know, I'd say five to ten years. And, you know, they still have a fantastic program, but I think St. Kate's is uh, coming out of the gates hot and, you know, they, they really wanted it. So they just kind of put it on them a little bit, unfortunately. Yeah. But best score, best score of the first round by 13. Uh, pretty good. So uh, the, the women were at the Royal Golf Club up in Lake Elmo, Minnesota. Uh, St. Kate's comes out and goes 307, 312, 311. Um Pretty good playing. It didn't look like it was playing that easy. Carlton comes out, goes 330, 313, 314. Uh, Bethel finishes third, uh, 320, 327, 330. So about where we had it. Finishing fourth was McAllister College, fifth St. Benedict, sixth Gustavus Adolphus, seventh St. Olaf College, eight St. Scholastica, and nine Augsburg, and 10 Concordia College of Minnesota. Uh, as we flip over to the, the individual players. Now, this is where it, it was really great to see Carter Sickle come in and, and win this tournament. She wins by one shot coming from well back. And, and Kyra Venny from St. Kate's really came, made a good charge. I, I I don't know who was playing with who there, but boy, uh, very close. But Carter continues to win every tournament she's been in. Nice to see her come back from the injury and, you know, winning the championship here. At a minimum, I think Carter needs to make sure she's ready for for, trans, for Transies hosting of uh, the national championship in in May. No, I completely agree. I mean, uh, you know, with like I said, with, with Carlton, that, that was my only that was my only you know question mark was if she was going to be ready to come back, and obviously she proved me completely wrong. <laughs> so. Um, I mean, but the St. Kate's girls, they played fantastic. Obviously, three in the top four. 
I mean, that's, that's just fantastic golf. I think, I think they play great. And obviously the seven, the 71 by, uh, Kyra Vinny in the last round. I mean, that's fantastic. Oh yeah. I mean, and and it looks like there was an 89 by, uh, by somebody from Carlton in the early round that I, you know, I, I think they might've had to count that really, really kind of put them behind the eight ball. Um, so yeah, that that's where you go. Oh, okay. We, we lost 20 something shots right there. Uh, let's run down the, the top 12 or so. So Carter sickle wins by one. She goes 75, 78, 74 over Kyra Venny from St. Kate's who goes 78, 79, 71. Paige Hillman from St. Kate's finishes solo third. Uh, she goes 76, 77, 78. Two tied at fourth at Bailey Langfelder from McAllister College, 78, 78, 78. Oh, there's consistency for you. Uh, and, oh, tied with Grace Petzold from St. Kate's, uh, 75, 77, 82. Uh, Sarah Zhang from Carlton goes 82, 78, 77. Greta MacArthur from Bethel. Goes 77, 78, 84 for solo seventh. Uh, eighth place solo, Emily Renner from St. Benedict. Uh, and then we had three tied at ninth, nine, ninth place at, uh, let's see, Laura Beltman from Bethel, Jimmy Alzay from Carlton, Sophie Brantner from Bethel, and then solo 12 was Morgan Anderson from St. Kate's. So again, you know, St. Kate's just delivered here. But, but again, I, I think... I still think they're pretty evenly matched. I think Carlton had a bad first day and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if both of them end up in Lexington in May. No, I completely agree. Uh, like I said, I mean, <clears throat> that was my one question mark was if, you know, Carter could get off to a good start and she did, but you know, that's why it's a team sport. That's, that's why right. it's not an individual. That's right. But so great plan out of the St. Kate's ladies, St. Kate's ladies. We will we will see you at uh, in Lexington. We'll be uh, looking out for that purple barrage of St. Kate's girls coming ready to take on the national championships. Let's see. Uh, we also had some other uh, ladies golf being played this week. We had the uh, SLEAC Women's Championship. That's uh, the St. Louis area teams where the team from Grinnell. Uh, Pretty much won by 63 shots, Quinn. That's right, 63 shots. We're not going to talk a lot about the scores, but the Grinnell ladies come out and go 303, 296, 308 for some darn good scoring here at Metamora Fields in Metamora, Illinois. Uh, They win. Second place was Lake Forest College. Third was Spalding University for Illinois College, Mississippi University for Women was in fifth, Lyon College, sixth, Eureka College, seventh, Pont Bonnet University, eighth, and Westminster College, Missouri, ninth. Um, some tough scores in there. I think there was a 600 in there in the last one. Uh, yikes. Uh, however, if when you look up there, you realize that uh, that, that uh, the Grinnell's ladies uh, beat one team in one round with two rounds of their scores. <laughs> it's you know, it's probably not great, but again, uh, D3 is very inclusive and, uh, it's great to see everybody out there competing, but, but, but a little bit of a round of applause to Grinnell, like, look out here. They come. Those are good scores. I, I mean, their, their scores are right on par with some of the best teams in the country. I mean, 303, I mean, shooting 296. I mean, yeah, we're reading off the scores from the last tournament and, you, you know, shooting 323, 23, 20. That was, that was good enough to win, you know, the SCAC back in the day when I was oh, yeah. when I was playing. Right. So here's the best part about what happened. There was a bunch of individuals playing as well. Grinnell goes five. They have the, they have one, two, three, four, and tied for fifth. They have seventh and eighth and eleventh, and three other individuals finished inside the top five. So not only did they blow everybody away. They basically had a B team there that would have finished second or or maybe first, which we'll talk more about that in, in another scenario here later. But uh, Malin Hoshino won at four under, 71, 66, 75. Uh, Emily Lackershire from Grinnell played as an individual, went 71, 75, 74. 
Badushi Kenny from Grinnell goes 74, 77, 78. Mary Lee, who played as an individual, finishes solo fourth, 76, 75, 79th. Amy Wynn from Grinnell playing as an individual goes 74, 77, 81. I mean, Quinn, like, this could have been a lot better. They, they, they probably could have shot sub 300 if they had the right mix of five in the in the day. That's always the struggle. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what it is. I mean, it you got to pick the right five as a coach. Hey, look, you know, here's the thing. But hey, Grinnell, Grinnell team out there. It may not be about three pointers in the basketball court anymore, but it might now be about women's golf and go, making birdies because That's uh, right. they they are going low out there these days in in, uh, in Iowa. So congratulations to the uh, the, the Sleax Women's Championship, the Grinnell team. Uh, pretty good chance I'd say that they're going to win that conference. So uh, I think we can start penciling. Well, just pencil. It's not pen. Not not pen yet, but we'll. We'll pencil them into uh, the national championships. And, you know, it, something like this might be something we need to talk about during the our discussion on the top 25. And, yeah. and just to just to talk about that a little bit, uh, we're recording this podcast a little early due to some uh, personal travel to, uh, plans or work travel plans. Uh, so we're going to put out our updated women's top 25 on Friday, right before uh, right before golf week. Uh, so then that way, like within two days of us putting out the po- uh, the poll, it'll be completely irrelevant because golf week will happen, which is even better. But we're going to put that out on Friday so that everybody can see it as they travel to Sandestin and we can all get all the uh, Twitter and Instagram rage out and then we can have everybody jump on the live show on Saturday. All right. So one more tournament on the women's side. Uh, and it was just a good to note because we've seen them in the top 25. Uh, and it was out in San Antonio at the Quarry, which, by the way, Quinn, did you know, right? A little D3 Golf Guys trivia that my last college golf stroke ever was at the Quarry Golf Club in San Antonio, Texas. I did not know that. There you go. There you go. Uh, Trinity University was hosting conference that year. And I that was my senior year. And uh, it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> uh, um, and and if you, I can tell you this: that the, the ladies out there were shooting better scores than I did uh, back in uh, back in the '90s. Let's just put it that way. It was. It, it started with there was a 19 that started back then in the in the year. So let's just we'll pretend that that didn't happen because most of the kids today <laughs> haven't even they don't even know what that is. Their parents are like, wait, that's like my parents' age. Yes, that's right. Uh, so anyway, out to the ladies in the Alamo Classic, where Trinity University comes out and goes 297, 288. It was a par eight, uh, par 71, so 284 was even par. Uh, and they win by 25 shots over Southwestern University from up in Georgetown. Uh, Laterno University finishes third, Hardin-Simmons fourth. St. Thomas, Texas, fifth, Trinity's B team, sixth, and Texas Lutheran, seventh. Uh, but, you know, calling this out because Trinity's been in the top 25 and a Texas team who doesn't always get to some of the bigger tournaments. Now, I don't know if they're going to be at Golf Week yet. We're still work- waiting on the field list uh, on Golf Week, but I, it's something, somebody to keep our eye on from the, from one of the Texas schools. We saw Mary Harden Baylor come, come east and do well at MCC. Here's another one that Trinity says, hey, don't forget about us. The one thing with Trinity that I saw is that, you know, it's a par 71, but it's also playing almost 5,900 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 5,900. So it's it's yes. definitely a longer golf course than, it's, yeah, it's definitely it's, a longer golf course than than we've been playing, you know, over the past couple of years. So, uh, you know, obviously Aaron Flynn finishing first, shooting 71-67. I mean, that's that's some golf. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, that, that golf care. course is all you want. And the, the nice part yeah. about that golf course is the front nine is up on top, the back nine is inside the old rock quarry, and it kind of wraps around okay. itself. It's very cool. If you ever have the chance, folks, to go out there and play the quarry in San Antonio, it is a really, really cool golf course. That that once you play it once, you'll just want to play the back nine multiple times because it's in this old rock quarry, and it is just some really co- cool views. As you go through, but yeah, but Aaron Flynn finishes first with a four under total, seventy one sixty seven. Uh, second place was Kiona She. Uh, I'm not sure I got that one right, but H S I U. Um, 
I kind of like Sarah She from Oglethorpe a couple years ago. I don't know if that's you or what, but I'm going to go with Shiyu um, because I think that's the pronunciation. She shoots three over, uh, one under on day two, though, 75-70. And she came from six spots back to finish second. Uh, Riley Erickson finishes third from Southwestern, 72-74. Isabella Ferreira from from Laterno, 69-79. Tough second day for her. She was obviously in in first place coming out of the first day of the 69. And Kate Shuley from uh, Trinity University, or Shoal probably, uh, 73-77. And then we had four tied for sixth. Carmen Kennett from Trinity, Hannah Newell from Letourneau, Catherine Montgomery from Southwestern, and Shea West from Hardin-Simmons, all with a 10 over total. And then three tied at 10th, uh, Lauren Huddleston from Trinity University, Emma Luna from St. Thomas, Texas, and Brooke Woldridge from Hardin-Simmons University. All I can say is fantastic flying. Oh, I mean, we're talking about, we got numbers in the 60s for the women here. That's what we're talking about. And it keeps getting better and better. A little light, and and look, this week's week's stuff was a little light on the women's game because you had the NCAA preview right before this, and you got golf week after this. So, we're, we're trying to highlight some of the other ones that were in there. Obviously, the big conference tournaments, we, we try to highlight as best we can. Uh, I saw some things out of the Williams team. Uh, they played some match play event. Um, I didn't have any of the stats on that, but it looked like they won against uh, Amherst again in the match play. So I think Williams is 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 continuing their dominance in the Northeast. Looks like they might be the team to beat uh, coming out of the Northeast as well. Uh, but we'll start talking more about the women's game as we get into this week with our top 25. We're, we're going to talk about them top 25 here at the end of the podcast, just to kind of go through sort of where we were with things and, and kind of looking forward to what to expect in the top 25 uh, that comes out on Friday. All right. But before we move on to the men, I want to talk about one of our partners at Pin Golf. The guys at Pin have created some of the best range finders in the business. Their new Prism rangefinder is awesome. It comes in array of different colors. Comes in Wittenberg red. It's got white. It's got pink. It's got a really light blue that will look great on a lot of those teams out there. There's a black and there's a really good hunter green. That if you're coaching Piedmont or Greensboro, this is the this is the rangefinder for you to get for your teams. Here's the best part: they're USB chargeable. They they have slope on and off. You can actually get 15% off right now by using the code D3GOLFGUYS to get your new pinned rangefinder. Nothing says Merry Christmas, my Division Three golfer. I got you a brand new color-coded rangefinder. So reach out to our friends at Pinned. We have links to it on our website at D3GOLFGUYS.com. Reach out there, use the code, and get yourself a new pinned rangefinder today. All right. Let's go talk about the men. I'm going to save the big tournament for the last because I think there's lots to talk about there. But our well, friends, one thing, one thing we have yeah, to do, we, we yeah. have to shout, we have to shout out our friend JP Kersher. That's right, because he JP. did win. He, he did. did win his event this week. He did those darn Colgate guys in Division One. The only reason we like the Colgate team is because of JP. JP, I don't know if you're still listening to this podcast. I don't know if you're too good for us now, but all the other coaches know what's going on. And congratulations, my friend. I did see that. And that is a great thing. We are very happy for JP representing D3. He was a D3 player, a D3 coach. And yeah, he's going to go up and start dominating in D1. So JP, congratulations, my friend. Fantastic. All right. So let's go to West Lafayette, Ohio. Not, not Indiana. That's Purdue. But West Lafayette, Ohio where the OAC men's preview was going on. So we had some of our friends playing in this little tournament in Ohio, where it was dominated by Otterbein. Otterbein, which is just outside of Columbus proper, uh, their A team won the tournament at 292-296. Their B team finished second. Uh, Then followed by John Carroll, third, Muskegon, fourth, Mount Union, fifth, Marietta College tied for fifth, Heidelberg seventh, Capital A team eighth, Capital B team ninth, Baldwin Wallace tenth, and Heidelberg's B team eleventh. Uh, you know, it. I always like to check in this when when we were playing. I know when I was there, Otterbein was studly, 
And when I watch this score, Quinn, I'm looking at 292, 296 going, okay, somebody's got to come out of this conference to come make it to nationals. Is Otterbein thinking about trying to get into the mix here? No, I agree with you. I mean, Otterbein, I mean, especially with their A and B team, both being, you know, that up there, being number one and two, I think they definitely have a chance. I think, you know, those scores might need to come down a little bit if they're going to, you know, go against a, a few juggernauts like Emory and Methodist and, yeah. uh, you know, Oglethorpe, Huntington, some of those guys. But I I definitely think they would that they're going to have a chance for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, hey, remember, finishing eighth in Nationals is a is a pretty good achievement, right? Yes, it like, is. Yeah. So sometimes we get confused that winning Nationals is the only thing that matters. No, 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 hold on. There's a lot of teams that won Nationals that started off by finishing ninth and then finishing eighth, then finishing sixth, and then seventh. But it's about getting there and proving and, and getting comfortable and building the program. So uh, quickly, individually, Otterbein, the first four guys on the list, Colin Be- uh, Bibler or Bibler, 73-73, Nathan Brown from Otterbein, 75-73, Ian Johnson from Otterbein, 74-74, Ethan Johnson, 74-74. So, I mean, consistent play by Otterbein. Zach Brinks from John Carroll, uh, also tied for second. Uh, Jake Morgan from Otterbein and Carter Wood- Woodward from tied for sixth. Ian Smith from Mount Union and Andrew Corner. Homer, excuse me, Andrew Comer from Marietta College, type for eight. Keegan Billingham and Jack Gerbog. Let's see. Keegan Billingham from Capital. Jack Gerbog, Gerborg, Gerborg. I don't know how exactly to say that one. Jack, I apologize. I'm butchering your name here. I'll go with Gerborg. John Carroll University. Austin Malley from John Carroll. Jack Curtis from Capital. Chase Boothman from Heidelberg, tied for 10th. And special shout out to our very own Cameron Spragans, who finished uh, tied for 37th. But uh, what he can't do on the golf course this week in the OAC preview, he certainly can do from a writing perspective. If you haven't read Cameron's article on uh, our website, please do that. I uh, can't wait to s- set him up for a, something else here in over the fall break uh, for golf. And I've got a couple ideas that we're working on. We're going to kick it around to him. So uh, Cameron, good plan, man. Let's, uh, let's, 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 Keep keep at it. We'll we'll keep uh we'll keep pushing. Let's eliminate those double bogeys and and, and see if we can make a, make three more pars out there. But uh, special shout out to Cameron in in that one. One of the is this the reason why we talked about the OAC men's preview? No. Is it an added bonus? It sure is. Of course it is. All right. All right. So uh, OAC men's preview. Good. Otterbein looking good. Looks like they've got a good head start in that conference. I would say by a lot. All right, let's go back uh, I would out. Say so. Let's go back out west to the Alamo City Classic for the men's side, at, also at the quarry, where we have a very interesting situation uh, brewing. <laughs> well, Trinity University had an A team and a B team in this uh, tournament, just like their women's team. Great. However, the Trinity B team was trailing by, you know, after round one, they were actually. There were two shots behind Texas at Dallas, tied for uh, no. Actually, excuse me, three shots behind Mary Harden, Baylor, St. Thomas. Right, everybody's playing pretty well on the, the first day. Day two, they play pretty well. They're the second best score to their A team. Great. Uh, day three, they beat everybody, and the Trinity B team wins the tournament by one shot over their A team. Trinity's B team goes nine under total, six under the last day. To, to leapfrog the A-team, who is eight under, by the way. Texas at Dallas is four under. So, I you know, you're looking at this going, you got to be kidding me here. Like, I 6,700 yard, 6, yards at a par 71, that's not a, that's not a gimme. And, and, and so this is really good golf. And I'm looking around going, these scores are great. What, what kind of a problem does Trinity have if they've got – Two teams out here that are combined 17 under. Oh, I think it's a good problem to have. <laughs> I'll say that much. I but mean, I think it's, it's definitely, I mean, it's like we said before, it's just picking the right five. Yeah. And, and it can be the right five for that week. That's that's the thing with golf, is that it's it doesn't matter how you're playing, you know, at the past tournament or you know how you're doing in practice. Maybe you just have a good week. 
Yep. And you know, maybe that's that's what it was. If not, I mean, hats off to Trinity. I mean, apparently both their programs are, you know, just thriving right now. So, you know, I I'm excited to see what they can do. They they might be uh they might be a sleeper team for nationals. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh so anyway, to run down the 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 list here, Trinity's B team finishes first at nine under, Trinity's A team finishes second at eight under. Texas at Dallas, four under, third. Letourneau University solo fourth at six over. Mary Harden, Baylor, and St. Thomas, Texas, both tie at fifth. Southwestern, seventh. Millsaps comes over from Mississippi in eighth. And Texas Lutheran, ninth. Uh, as we get into the individuals over here, it's a, a whole lot of uh, Trinity in here. Uh, Jacob Mason from Trinity wins the tournament by four strokes. He shoots... Ready for this? 68, 65, 64. I don't care what the yardage is. That's good. That's making putts and hitting it close. That's, <clears throat> that's golf. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 golf in your ball. He finished down again. We don't know who is part of the A team or the B team here. That's the only problem with this. Uh Grant Clark from Trinity finishes second. He shoots 69, 66, 66. Uh at 12 under total. Sam McClure uh, finishes solo third from Southwestern. You know, when you lose by 11 shots and you shoot 68, 69, 71, that's, that's tough. That That's a, it's a bad beat right there, Quinn. Yeah, no, I <laughs> told me that I'd shoot 68, 69, 71 and lose. Yeah. I, I'd, right. I'd be, uh, I'd be, I, I tell you that you were crazy. Right. You're crazy. But what I lose by like one, two, no, no, 11. What? No, 11 strokes. <laughs> 11 strokes? What are you talking about? Exactly. Right. Uh, Cole Wiley from Texas at Dallas shoots a – he's tied for fourth with Trey Archer from Mary Harden and Baylor, both four under. I mean, this is it's, it's, it's good golf, man. Matthew P- Piesker from Southwestern, three under, tied with Andrew Chow from Texas at Dallas and Caden Schneider from Letourneau. Tyler Durden – can't be this kid's real name, right? Tyler Durden. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I picked this tournament. Make sure we talked about it because of this kid's name. It, Tyler <laughs> Durden from Texas at Dallas. I want to see your student ID. I want to see something, not something identifiable. I don't need any non-public information, but you need to hit us up on Twitter or Instagram and prove that your name is really Tyler Durden. Anybody else from Texas at Dallas? I want confirmation that this kid's name is Tyler Durden. <laughs> Just because that's either that or his parents had the last name Durden and said, we're naming him Tyler. That is awesome. If you don't know what we're talking about, I'm sorry. You shouldn't be listening to any podcast ever. Uh, but Tyler Durden finishes ninth. He, he didn't have his, all the soap with him. 72, 70, 70. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for laughing. Uh, we had a whole bunch of people tied for 10th. Dennis Butts from Trinity. Antonio Ramirez, St. Thomas. Grant Carter, Mary Harden Baylor, Neil Sandhu from Trinity, Carter Code from Trinity, Dylan Bradley from Laterno. I mean, one over for the tournament got you tied for 10th. Okay. This is a game of which I am unfamiliar, Quinn. No, I I completely agree. Like I said, I mean, when I was playing, I, if you shot even par, that yeah. was a good score. Right, yeah. I mean, I mean. I, I, you know, even par is still a good score, but it doesn't mean you're going to win anymore. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, 16 under in a tournament, that yeah. that's incredible. I mean, yeah. 16 under by a team? Okay, I can see that. Yeah. But, I mean, and, and by the way, bogey-free last round 64, an eagle and five birdies. That, yeah, I, I'm, I'm speechless. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. I, mean, I, I wish I could play golf that well, but... Yeah. I just that's just not my wheelhouse. <laughs> Unbelievable playing by Jacob. Exactly. All right. Uh okay, let's get to the big tournament at a little place that I don't know has a big statue of Arnold Palmer in the middle of it. Uh it's a little place called Laurel Valley in uh in in Pennsylvania, just outside of Pittsburgh, where we got a little bit more clarity on the men's game. Although I would tell you that. I think it came out pretty close to how we really would have thought. Now, we did pick this tournament. Uh, I did not come close, although I feel pretty good about my sleeper. 
And I think you should feel good about your sleeper too, right? So you had Oglethorpe as your sleeper. I had Huntington as a sleeper. Huntington finishes fifth, Oglethorpe finishes sixth. I feel like if we're picking a sleeper team out of a 15-field team, they finish top five or six, that feels pretty good. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, when you had Methodist to win and they were in first place going into the final round. And those darn Emory guys came back and got them again. Now, I had the Oglethorpe guys I thought coming off the hot week in West Pines might uh, might do that. They struggled a bit on day one. I think they performed much better day, or round two and round three. Uh, once again, uh, I had a great great conversation with somebody. They, they were, I was asking for T-shirt ideas, Quinn. And somebody said it's, it's uh, 54 and 36, which is 54 holes in 36 hours, which is a Division three staple, which I thought was pretty good. But I just don't think it sells well on a T-shirt. I would agree. I would agree with that. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I like the phrase though. Fifty-four and thirty-six. That that I I went. Oh, well, I don't like that one. I like the saying. I just don't. I don't have the T-shirt design yet for it. But uh, yeah. But but we'll it's get common. that. We'll get that work. Yeah, we'll, we'll get workshop that, work. that. Yeah, yeah, we'll workshop that. that yeah. That'll be workshop. We'll get but, it worked out. So Emory ends up coming back, and they. They win by four strokes, and they beat Methodist by 11 in the final round. So they came from a good, healthy margin back. Carnegie Mellon uh, jumps up to finish solo third. Uh, The the scores here were not as impressive. I think the round two scores were a little bit better. But also, that is a ridiculously hard golf course. I mean, it is a big, hard golf course with firm, fast greens. I think they had a little bit of cold temperatures, too, which – I think didn't help everybody, but uh, so Emory one, Methodist two. Feel I feel much better about the top twenty-five coaches poll with Methodist's performance here, hmm. based on what we saw. Right? No, Carnegie, Carnegie Mellon coming back to to third here. Now it's a little bit of a home game for them, and they they this is they're the host of the tournament and everything else. But they kind of slept walk a little bit early on, and I think there was a little hangover from. Celebrate the national championship and get celebrated the football game and this and that. Good to see them kind of bounce back here. And look who finishes fourth, Lynchburg. So Lynchburg stays stays hot. They've got some something cooking. Uh, they finish uh, fourth. Huntington jumps up five spots in the last round to finish fifth. So I don't know what we, what we got to do to get the Huntington guys to start the tournament off a little bit better because they keep having these late last round charges and moving up five or six spots that if we could just get them to play decently in the first round, they've kind of got that Rory McElroy thing going right now, which is, well, I shoot like, you know, 74 in the first round and then backdoor that top five or top 10 every time we got going to get the Huntington guys to start off a little bit faster here because we can see that they're capable of doing it. And, and so they had the second best round of the day in, in the last day. So they finished solo fifth. Oglethorpe finishes sixth. Uh, Piedmont seventh. Kenyon eighth. Greensboro ninth. Washington and Lee tenth. Christopher Newport eleventh. Wittenberg twelfth. Guilford thirteenth. University of Rochester and Denison tied for fourteenth. This is such a good tournament, and Emory winning is not a surprise, right? But no, I'm trying I to agree. I'm, I'm trying to look down. I'm trying to look down the, the the board here and try to what does this tell me? Right. What what do I learn from this event? So so the one thing I, I notice, um, you know, Wittenberg came out of the gate hot with a two ninety five the first round. I mean, they were the only team that was in the two hundreds. You know, I I think they they played their butts off, but I think also you know, after that, they kind of showed what kind of team they really are. Unfortunately, I mean, you know, I mean, three, three, fifteen, three twenty-eight. I, I know the scores were a little higher, but on a day where teams are shooting two ninety-two, two to eight, two eighty-eight, um, you know, I mean, shooting three fifteen. I mean, that's just. I, yeah, I, I mean, think, the, I think the, that second round just just killed them. The the well, the final final round three twenty-eight is. I mean, they had. Five birdies and one eagle, and they had twelve doubles. Yeah, plus plus a couple others. So 
if you make more doubles and others than you do birdies, it's going to be a long day. Um, sure. I don't know why, but like it wasn't like there was just one person or two people blew up. Like the, everybody blew up that last day. So yeah, because when I was watching the first round, I'm like, whoa, Wittenberg, look at this. What what do we got here? And then yeah, okay, here we go, and and everybody starts to kind of sift out. Also, again, I'm going to point out here as, as I look kind of down the list is Guilford just kind of 315, 311, 314. Okay. That's sort of who they are at this point. Like, I, I don't I don't know what else to put them at. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. You know, I was a little surprised that Washington and Lee kind of fell off too. They had a 302 in that first round and then 316, 311. Uh, actually, I was pleasantly surprised by Piedmont. I thought Piedmont showed up a little bit here. Uh, on in finishing seventh, you know, I think the top five or six are pretty good teams. I think Piedmont showing that they beat everybody else was was good. There's a little bit of separation there, um, not quite the separation that Emory and Methodist have, but you know, look, this is the kind of stuff that matters when we start talking about Pool C. Is mm. Piedmont, Piedmont putting themselves above Greensboro, Washington, Christopher Newport, and Guilford at this tournament? That that's going to matter at some point, right? Like. We start going back to our our views of head-to-head and performance and things like that. You know, sometimes you can't finish in the top four. But if you can finish five, six, seven and beat the other eight, nine teams, that's a big win for you. Well, Piedmont kind of showed us what they have. Like, you know, I don't don't think they've showed us that yet this year, Mm -hmm. that they, like, you know, that they actually have some horsepower. But it, it really showed us this, you know, this tournament that they do have horsepower on a hard golf course. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Mean, now, we know almost, we know Josh 70. is there, right? J- yeah. J- defending national champion Josh Hebrink is still there. I, I think I think what with with JP leaving and Josh there, I, I think this is going to be the look. If I, I wasn't anticipating Piedmont having a great fall. It's going to be, OK, can Josh and some of the returning guys kind of rally and get everybody settled in for we finished second at nationals last year we lost our coach we lost one of our couple of our good players all right can, can we get kind of the, the the ship righted in the fall so we're ready to go in the spring i think that's the biggest thing and look who, who else do they have in their conference they've got huntington we've already proven that huntington's a bit of a jekyll and hyde here now if you can figure out a way to get in front of them you know a guy like josh could pace you for a while no exactly and, you know, I think the one thing that we showed this year, or sorry, this tournament, is that, you know, with Piedmont, it doesn't matter if Josh just plays really well. And that's what we talked about at the beginning of the year is that, you know, that he was going to be the workhorse for the team. And I think with this tournament, it shows that the rest of the team, actually, they have some horsepower too. Yeah. Like they're yeah. going to get out there and then get after it, and they're going to shoot some good scores as well. It's not just all dependent upon how Josh plays. Right. And they were only three shots back hunting. And so if exactly. we start kind of looking at conference and this and that, like, all right, neutral site, hard golf course, that, that's that's anybody's game. So I, I think that's like, you know, and, and look, I get asked a lot of times as I've been doing this for four, for four years. Like, well, Mike, well, how, how how do you look at these things? I'm like, look, a lot of times I look at the first, who won, who finished second, and then I go down the middle of the pack. And that's where you find out really more about like, okay, we start looking at conferences. We start looking at who is where and what and how. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking at the those schools and I'm like, okay, right now I would say Piedmont and Huntington, that leg up on Washington Lee, Chris Newport, Guilford. In that same region. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, it's <clears throat> Washington and Lee. I thought they were going to come out and, and surprise a lot of people. Um, Good unfortunately, first round. Yeah, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But it, that's just how golf is. And, and I think, like I said, Piedmont kind of made a statement like, hey, we're still here. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Even though, JP's, even though JP's not here, we're still here. Yeah. Now I don't know who was inspiring who, uh, whether JP was inspired by their performance here in, in Pennsylvania or the other way around. But uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So let's let's go into the individuals a little bit because um, again, four over won the tournament, which should tell you just how hard this golf course can be. But interestingly enough, it's it is from memory, but it, it's not Jackson Klutznik. It, it's Tony Lee. So Tony Lee goes out and shoots 75, 74, 71. 
fit jumps eight spots to win the tournament. Comes from eight spots down to win. And I believe wasn't he? He was like four or five on the team, uh, correct? Yeah, I think so. Um, let me go back and check. Uh, no, no, he was he was number one. He was, oh, he, he was, was number, number one. one no, Kl- okay. Klusnik was playing two. Uh, okay, I was no, going to say he usually isn't the number one player, right? Uh, no, he Tony Lee's the usually plays one as we kick things off, but Tony Lee comes comes roaring back with a seventy one the last day to 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 win the tournament by one over three other players, David Zhang from Carnegie Mellon, great player, 76, 69, 76. Cameron Capuzzo comes back to school for Methodist, finishes also tied for second, 72, 72, 75. And Eddie Coffrin from Lynchburg, um, who was playing great, 72, 70, and then 79 the last day. Uh, Solo fifth was Jaden Kunar from Kenyon College, 76, 73, 73. Two tied for six, Hayden Ruby from Methodist and Michael Burry from Emory. Uh, Elias Malikoff from, was solo eight from Washington and Lee. And then you had several players tied at ninth. Kevin Moo from Emory, Jackson Klutznik from Emory, Josh Hebrink from Piedmont, Preston Warch from Greensboro, Cooper Raybreck from, from Methodist, and David D'Augustino from Methodist. Uh, so uh, once again, four Methodist players inside the top ten, pretty good. Uh, we had several players tied at 15, tied for fifteen. Zachary Coker, uh, two two players tied for fifteen. Zachary Coker from Huntington College and Sam Carmen from Oglethorpe University. Uh, so again, like just kind of looking around here, going, all right, who's some individuals? I, the the Jaden Kunar kid from Kenyon. Okay, that, that's a really nice performance from him. Most of these other guys are going to end up on a team somewhere, right? Uh, yeah. Elias Malikoff from Washington and Lee, uh, Preston Ward from Greensboro. I, I try to pick out some of those as we as we start to kind of start to get geared in towards the last couple of tournaments of the fall. We start thinking about all right, where are we at with nationals? We kind of and we'll do a whole podcast on this for everybody, but we're going to start thinking about all right, if nationals was today, who is uh, the picks? And we'll try to do our best as individuals, and we'll have a whole bunch of information for everybody. But again, it, knowing this golf course and how hard it can play, this is still some really darn good golf. I know the scores aren't as impressive as the 60s we had in the other one, but I, I might argue this is a 7,100-yard par 72 that is all-world-class golf course. Oh, yeah. So what was your biggest takeaway from this golf tournament? You know, I – Here's here's what I would say. It was um, a couple different things. One, it I would I, I have three takeaways. One, Emory and Methodist are as good as we think they are. Uh, it may I think it told me a little bit more about Methodist that they were they're they're putting it together, going all right, we're ready to go. And and that typical where they really didn't play a ton yet, and now they're going to get geared up and go. That that's one. Carnegie Mellon is who we thought they were. We thought it was a bit of an aberration the first tournament. Here they are. Yeah, okay. That's what we expect. Lynchburg's for real. They're, they're like, you come and finish fourth at this tournament, man. And, and by the way, they, they drop a spot in the final round, but you still finish fourth at this tournament? All right, you're, you're a national championship contender right now. Now, does that's that mean they're, they're right? Does, does that mean they're a favorite? No, but hey, man, anybody gets hot four days. Uh, it, this one felt like Huntington was starting to put it together. You know, like round two, round three, okay, like it, they weren't as bad round one. I, you know, we've been saying for the entire time, and people have pushed back on us, like, what are you talking about, Huntington? They're bad. I'm like, no, they just have a problem that's one of the best problems to have, which is they got too many guys, and they're trying to figure out who's playing and where, and sometimes over Christmas break, that solves itself pretty easily. But, and again, I would say, uh, looking at the top six, Hunt, Oglethorpe, Punyon, Lynchburg, Carnegie, Methodist, Emory, confirmed who we thought they were, right? Good. They're ready to go. They've got it together. They, they're they there. That that was probably my biggest takeaway was hard golf course up north. All right, let's see who's ready to play. Those ones really made me go, all right, yeah, I'm good. No, I completely agree. I mean, I 
for me, my biggest takeaway was, like you said, Huntington. I mean, we've talked about it multiple times that they're they're going to get it figured out. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what golf course you go to, anything like that. They have so much discipline on that team when it comes to the way that they play golf courses. You know, Coach Schreier's done a fantastic job. Um, you know, and like I said, Lynchburg. Yeah, They're, we've we've talked about them multiple times, and you know, no one's believed us yet. But I'm telling you, Lynchburg's coming. Well, and let's you know, if you think about the ODAC, right? If we think about the ODAC a little bit, and Lynchburg might be, you know, one of the teams that's maybe favored. Okay, and what does that do for, you know, pool pool C? Exactly. Right? I mean, there, there's going to be – I feel like this year, from what I've seen from a lot of the scores, is that there's going to be a big shuffle in Pool C. We're going to oh. see a lot of different teams at Nationals this year that we haven't seen in the past. I think when you look at Pool C, we, we could – because of some of the conferences that were kind of um, – we're, we're we, we have traditionally seen multiple teams come from don't feel they don't feel like that right so let just let's talk about the odac right the odac specifically around lynchburg so traditionally you've had guilford hampton sydney washington and lee kind of coming out of the odac mm-hmm. okay well washington and lee finished 10th here Guilford finished 13th. Guilford finished, you know, middle of the pack in the last tournament. Lynchburg has been in the top five every time. I, I mean, I'm looking at this going, unless unless Lynchburg doesn't get it done in the conference, is the ODAC a one-bid team, a one-big lead right now? Well, but then on top of that, so if they keep playing this well, because I mean, I'd love. I, I can't wait for the rankings on the fifteenth. Yeah, hopefully. But, hopefully. Fingers you know, crossed. If they, if they keep if they keep playing this well, I mean, they might have the ranking to get them in in Pool C. So who well, are I, they take? Uh, who are they take? Who are who they, they taking, taking out? Right. From? But but again, who's going to beat them in the conference right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the traditional powers, saying, if they, if they, traditional powers in the ODAC for men's golf have been Guilford. Hampton, Sydney, and Washington and Lee. Yeah. I, I they haven't touched Lynchburg yet. Exactly. But I'm saying if they do get I mean, Oh, if we get a bid stolen there, yeah, they're gonna yeah. get two. If we but, get a bid stolen there, then then what happens in pool C? Exactly. I mean, because because we, we haven't really had that too much in the past few years. Correct. It's been fairly consistent. And the ones that were they have been close. You know, in a couple of the years of the SAA, we have had Sewanee and Oglethorpe go back and forth. Those things have usually worked themselves out. Both teams end up there. Okay, fine. Or or you had conference, uh, USA South where you had Methodist and everybody else. Okay, fine. They they always knew they were getting at least three or four bids. Okay, well, those, those schools are now all broken up. So now you've got Huntington, Piedmont, and LaGrange in one. You've got Methodist and other people over here. And, and But just looking at the ODAC, Okay, if Lynchburg wins conference, uh, Washington and Lee and Guilford, in this example here, you got beat by Piedmont, Huntington, Oglethorpe, Greensboro. They're not taking you a pool C over this kind of stuff. And that, that and so let's let's just reframe this, right, Quinn? Is why are we talking about this? Because this is the kind of stuff that matters, right? When we go back and met in, in early May right late april we're trying to figure out who's going to make nationals we're we're going to point to here the tartan they played against each other and they won and then we're going to go to golf week and if they played against each other they won and if it went to west pines and guilford finishes here or we went to gate city and they finished here you're gonna go well this team's going because they beat them five out of six times yeah no exactly and that's <clears throat> and that's the hard part, you know, especially, and I hate to go back to Spike Mark, but 
that's a hard part with the the spike park ranking system that i i don't i don't know what the rankings are going to come out as nope i mean that's the hard part we we talked about the gcaa rankings and no offense to any of those guys because obviously you know they know they know what they're talking about but you know i mean lynchburg was you know like i think tied for 16th or something like that or tied for 17th or you know they were around you know that ranking mm-hmm. where it's like they they've been beating everyone <laughs> right <laughs> i mean and you're like uh what are we doing here guys yeah right? it's like uh, they've been they've been top i mean top 10 in every tournament top 5 in yeah. every tournament lynchburg was tied for 16th with babson yeah and they weren't even ranked before Right, and they and, have you know you have Washington and Lee in front of them, and then on top of that, you have Guilford in front of them. That's eight spots ahead of them. Right. Th- this is where I think the next Golf Coaches Association, I think, should be post Spike Mark, whatever it is, and we will have a much better thing. But, but again, I, I look at what we're talking about and go, you can't have Guilford in the top ten anymore. You you just can't. No, I agree. I completely okay. agree. I mean, they, they played themselves out of it. But agree. It's not anything that we're saying or, you know, any opinion that we have. It's just they, they just played themselves out of it. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I completely agree. Um, all right. Let's see here. Let's go. Let's talk a little bit about the, the women's the, – the sta- status of the women's game a bit, right, where – we're going to talk a little bit more about kind of previewing what we think is going to happen in the top 25 poll the end of this week. I, I mean, I think number one is pretty easy. It's got to be Carnegie Mellon. I agree. Right. And and look, we're not going to go through everything, but Carnegie Mellon goes to the preview and wins, and they were already sort of in the top couple anyway. To me, Carnegie Mellon is one by by a by, by a fair margin, um, and that's where I just kind of think previewing the what do you what to expect next at the end of this week. You should probably expect Carnegie Mellon to be number one in the in, in our rankings for for Friday. No, I completely agree. I think Carnegie Mellon's number one. Um, you know, unfortunately, we haven't seen a lot from the California schools. You know, uh, we've I mean, seen a lot from Pomona. Pomona, absolutely right. Like, but but Pomona we haven't seen came, a lot of George. Yeah, we haven't seen a lot of George Fox. Uh, George Fox came comes to the preview, finishes what fourth? I, I think they they have somebody. They have two players in the top ten. Like, I, I George Fox is not leaving the top five. No, right. And Emory is not leaving the top five. Pomona is not leaving the top five. Wash U did not perform at the preview. That's, I I think, the team that you have to watch. Where do they fall? Right. Like they're probably going to have to fall some. I agree. I mean, I think Wash U is probably more of a 10 to 15 team at this point. I mean, we'll see. Let we'll see how the poll turns out on Friday. But then again, you know, I expect them to beat the preview. I don't know if they are yet. We're still waiting on the field, uh, mm-hmm. the field list for the preview. Um, but you know, as you as you as we kind of talk about it, it's like, all right, hey, let's let let's not let's just work on the results, right? Let's not like some of this stuff. And this is where I think when we get into the spike mark stuff is. What the hell are we calculating here? Like we had a pretty good formula for how this worked in Division Three up until this point, right? There was head to head, there were rankings, there was scoring average, there was drop score. We we had numbers that we could leverage that said, all right, we can figure out who is here and who is there, right? Okay, fine. In the meantime, I, I think you got to just go by results, and frankly. When Wash U showed up with the other major talents, they, they didn't they didn't they didn't finish very high. So they haven't really showed up very much. No, no. I tell you who else I think uh I, I I expect to see move up is Illinois Wesleyan. Okay. The, the yeah, women's I, program I in Illinois that. Wesleyan, that they, they got something cooking there. I think the the two that I think I'm the most impressed with so far 
is Illinois Wesleyan's program coming alongside the men's program. And then what Coach Jane's doing at Washington Elite, that I think has been very impressive. Now, Washington Lee's had a great golf program for years, but for them to continue to kind of come in here and compete with some of the top five schools, Coach Jane's got something cooking pretty good in, in Virginia. I was going to say, my 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 two teams, I think, that need to move up. So I would say St. Kate's needs to move up. I think they've been playing phenomenal golf. Yeah. I think Washington and Lee needs to move up maybe one or two spots. Um, and then, unfortunately, I'll, I'll give you one team that I think needs to drop. Just, just at the moment, I think Methodist needs to drop a little bit. Yeah. Unfortunately, we just haven't. We just now have not seen the Methodist ladies deliver, and that is just a weird thing. I, I can't remember. I can't ever remember a Methodist team having this poor of a fall. It, it it hurts me to say it. Yeah, I mean, like I I can't even imagine that those it, words coming out of my mouth. And, and look, we we are big fans of Coach and the team and the ladies. And look, we we're not against anything. It's just we're we have to look at the results and go. I mean, the Texas at Dallas ladies are doing great. I'm, and Trinity just poured it on. You know, I, I'm like, okay. Uh, at some point, like, results have to matter. And do I think Methodists will get it ironed out? I do, because they just have too many golfers not to. But right now, I, I could, I, I, do, I would expect them to drop in the poll on Friday. No, I agree. I mean, I, I think, uh, Methodist this year on the women's side is our Huntington on the men's side. They just yeah. got to get, they just need time to figure it out. A traditional power that is just not where we would expect them to be. Exactly. And, and yeah, and, and that's, yes, I, I would agree. And and as much as I hate to use the word traditional power, um, that, that stuff actually does matter in college athletics, right? Like if we all watch college football, like, look, this, there's the haves and have nots. There is no bigger have in Division Three golf than Methodist. They have one of the biggest PGM programs in the country. Half of every golf pro in the country came from Methodist. Like I've been in multiple places in the country and have walked in with Division Three stuff, and the guy goes, "Oh, hey, I went to Methodist." I'm like, what? Yeah, it's a massive PGM program, and for some reason, they're just having an off fall. Um, I, I think, look, anything can happen at golf week. And we're going to talk a lot more golf week at, on our live show Saturday evening. We will send out a whole bunch more information on what that's going to look like. But, but yeah, I mean, boy, Methodist really needs the top three or four in a hurry. Um, or they're going to go into the spring really looking behind, behind, you know, looking up to a lot of other teams. No, I completely agree. And I'll, I'll tell you a funny story if you want to hear it. Absolutely. So when I was uh, coaching at Young Harris College, which is a Vision II college, uh, right on the border of Georgia and North Carolina, we used to play at a golf course called Mountain Harbor Golf Club. Okay. And I walk in, and the head pro is wearing a Methodist polo. <laughs> yeah. I had actually played against his son. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Back when, back when I was playing. Yeah, I mean, it, they're they're it everywhere. Comes out of nowhere. It, they're everywhere. Uh, they're everywhere. The, the, and, and look, that that's one of those fun things that we talk about a lot in Division Three, which is you know we, there, there's a lot of small schools on this list of teams that we talk about, but there's a lot of successful people that come from these small schools. Uh, you know, I, there's been more times than not that I've been wearing something that is from a Division Three school, and somebody comes up and goes, "Oh, hey." I went there or, Oh, I know that's that school or what have you. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So, okay. So uh, as we kind of close out here a little bit. All right. So a couple things, one Friday, top 25 for the ladies division three D three golf guys, ladies poll will come out on Friday late afternoon ish. Um, we'll get that out and we will let everybody get ready to argue for that. We are looking for a Saturday evening live show pre-golf week where we will do our picks live on YouTube. You can join in. You can follow along. 
you can hit us up in the comments while we're, you can try to mess me up, which is really not that hard. Uh, you can correct us on uh, pronunciations live on the air. Uh, just, you have to learn how to do that phonetically in the comments. Uh, we will do that. We are also going to try to do a post golf week live show on YouTube. We will see how that goes. Um, but it's going to be a really exciting week. Is you think about golf week, it's usually at what the two of the best fields in all of Division Three golf. Men and women play at the same time down in San Destin. Lance Ringler and the in the gang at Golf Week do an absolutely wonderful job. They're the best golf people in the country when it comes to a lot of that stuff. They love the Division Three tournament because they're so used to having to do more of the work for the Division One teams that when they get to the D three gang there, they're like, "Oh, this is great! Everybody knows what's going on, and everybody follows the rules." So it's going to be a great week. We're good, good luck to everybody else. We will talk to you on Saturday night, Quinn. I am looking forward to it. Uh, you know, we're gonna have to look pretty because we're gonna have to figure out a way to actually put our faces <laughs> on YouTube, and we are gonna do this live show in order to start prepping for us getting to events and doing live shows there cross your fingers gang cross your fingers quinn last thought you know just fantastic golf this week that's that's all i can say i mean i i love seeing all the scores that we saw and i'm really excited for the golf week and i'm I'm excited for the live shows it's going to be an adventure so with that we'll say head up straight cheers